6: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rapaports Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio.
7: Here we go in the Geico, Fox Sports Radio Studios.
5: It is straight out of Vegas. Steve Cofield alongside RJ Bell. I tell you what, what a show we've got here. We always sit before and say, What's the Vegas lead? What is the story that is the most, I guess, associated with the biggest story in Vegas and Cofield? This was an easy one. Maybe the biggest day in sports betting's history this past Monday. It's a week that will live in infamy. All right, that's already been taken.
7: <laughs> really Saturday. So. That's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, we're going to look back on this. At the end of the year, three years from now, five years from now, and recap how this came to this point because uh, I don't know how do you label it? Like, you know, it's like an AD or something. Like, a- after gambling went live, sports gambling went live nationally, everything changed. It's going to change on so many fronts. So, we should set up the story. The Supreme Court early in the week says, you know what? The rules that were handed down in 1992, very exclusionary. Most states could not have sports gambling. That was unconstitutional. And now things are open up for states to make the decision themselves.
5: Yeah, and that's the key is in 92, the government said, hey, if you want in, you got to go in now. And if not, you're never coming in. Now, 26 years later, oh, that's unconstitutional. Now, the Constitution hasn't changed in the last 26 years. So it was unconstitutional all 26 of these years. Okay, we'll let that one go. But the thing that really surprised me, and and just to be uh, complete the specifics, is now each state has the right to decide. So it's not like, oh, I can go in Salt Lake City and bet because of this decision. It's now Utah has the choice. And I think Utah is considered to be one of the states least likely to do this. The states most likely... Jersey, who has been pushing this through the court system, so hat tip to Jersey, and Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New York, uh, West Virginia, and Mississippi are the states you're hearing the most about being in the first tier. I think a state like California, it's a bigger state, obviously the biggest by population, and I think they're, in in the second tier, but maybe a little late in the second tier, I was on NPR, Los Angeles this week, and you know one thing they asked about California, and you know one of the things I communicated was, I think the socially liberal state is gonna embrace this like it's embraced other things marijuana, poker rooms, casino play, but it's so much money to split up. I think a big state like that, it might take a little bit longer than a smaller state.
7: So the timetable, realistically, for New Jersey will be the first state, aside from Nevada, to take games on uh, or bets on single games. What are we looking at? Because uh, I think they were targeting May 28th. I heard the other day, pump the brakes. We need a few weeks to get the law in place. Mid June, late June. I mean, that's how quick this could come in the state of New Jersey.
5: Yeah, and I, I think that. I wouldn't be I'd be very surprised if Jersey did not have betting for the first NFL weekend. So anything before that, in a way, it doesn't really matter because there's not much going on. But I'm sure they'd want to get some kinks out. So I think we're talking weeks. Maybe it's four or five or six instead of two. What's the difference? I think some other state. I think multiple states by the start of football, and and this is consensus opinion. From many sources, expert sources, more expert than me on this, and I follow them in these areas. Over under five years from today, number of states with legalized sports betting thirty two. So assuming it's around that number, we're looking at well over half, and then obviously in that or in that projection, eighteen states without state like Texas, you would think huge money there. How, how college football doesn't get any bigger than in Texas, but socially, just very unlikely. So I think it's it's political to some degree. It's how much do they need the revenue? And net net though, uh, a wonderful thing. And and what surprised me, and I want to get your thoughts, Cofield, on what you've seen. I think us being in the Vegas bubble to some degree. Now listen, if you're engaged in social media we're listening to national shows here on Fox podcast. It's not like it's just Vegas, but I've been here 20 years. You've been here over 20, right? Correct. Is we have had legal betting that whole time. We're desensitized. We're and, used to it. And I also think the fact that for many, 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 many years on Colin's show on, you know, Stephen A. Smith's show, Across the country, uh, Scott Van Pelt, I haven't worked with directly all that much, but he's been a big big advocate. Simmons at uh, Grantland, where I wrote for one football season, and, and now at the Ringer, these guys have, have all been treating sports betting like it's legal already. And I kind of thought, okay, so so has everybody. But, <laughs> but no, I think there's been some big businesses. It's like, we don't want to get involved with anything gray, and now that... That there's no gray left, at least in the states that pass it. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more money, both obviously in the bookmaking space, also in the information media space. I think you're going to see, and I'll give you an example. Uh, on Tuesday, I was on CNBC closing bell at twenty till five, like so the premiere time uh, twenty till five Eastern, and that is. A, you know, the ultimate market watcher saying, Hey, there's a new market in town and it's the sports betting market. So my sense is we're going to see 30, 40% growth in sports betting media, which I think I would have said under that number before this week. I'm surprised and pleased at the, what I see as the, the real, um, springboard, the legalization is going to be.
7: So let's talk about why it's going to be so big. And really, it comes down to money. And you need to throw out the numbers, I think, for people to get an idea of just how big sports betting can be because a lot of people don't follow it closely enough to understand what was going on on the, the, the black markets, right? When we, we took in, what, almost $5, uh, billion. five billion last year. In handle,
5: so that's $5, five bet. Billion billion
7: we won in the state of Nevada about $250 million. $251 million. The hold was 5.1%. So you can see the difference there between, you know, the hold and actual you know running a business. I've seen New Jersey estimated at a ten billion dollar state. I actually think it could be bigger. So think about that. Like I'm looking at New Jersey as a ten billion dollar state and it's like, maybe that's not high
5: enough. But we're talking about so Jersey estimates. Jersey double Nevada. Jersey
7: double Nevada. Yep.
5: I'd be surprised.
7: Joe at Asher, that. At William Hill was estimating that it was gonna be yep, ten billion.
5: I'd go under on that one. Okay.
7: But to but, some... but nationally we're talking about what? Black market Estimates 150 billion bet every year in the United States?
5: You know, I always think those numbers are low. Really? That's low. I do. It's just, I mean, think about it. If it's 100, Vegas is 5 billion. So 20x that is 100. So 30x. So you're telling me across the country, there's only 30 times as much betting as Nevada? (laughs) That doesn't seem right to me. So. So it
7: could be 200 billion, it could be 250 billion and then you start to and grasp th- that's like why in, that's this is so
5: big. That's in the United States. Yep. Well, I mean in Asia, the horse, and again, now if we blend in horse racing, which is a very similar thing, and then you think about the soccer betting, I mean, I've heard estimates that a trillion dollars a year are bet on sports if you count yeah. horse racing. Now, I've also heard estimates, you know, the old number that's gone around in a long time is 380 billion. But that was a number that was from like 1999 that they did a, a serious study on. Um, at the time, it was a well regarded study. So, to me, here's the real story when it comes to the growth. And I think a lot of people are going to be surprised by this. I don't think very many people are giving up their gray market bookie. So, what's a gray market bookie? It's the guy at the bar. That you settle up with, or it's the online bookies. All right, so let's call let's call them the same. I think they're a little bit different in different ways, but it does. I, for this conversation, let's lump them together. If you have bet with a grey market bookie this year or recently, you have said, "Hey, grey market doesn't bother me. I'm fine with it." And to my understanding, and no one's been able to contradict me on this. Not a single person has ever been prosecuted in the United States for the act of sports betting. Now, the bookmakers have been prosecuted, money laundering, whatever. So what is the risk? I don't know. You know, obviously, that's for each person to decide. But it's many, many, many millions of people have said, ah, it's fine with me. So are you going to say I'm only going to bet legally now I think very few people will do that. I think what it's going to do is just have multiple places for them to bet, as in their current gray market outs might be one, might be two, might be more. And now they've got the guy, you know, down the street or the app, et cetera.
7: Let me let me run this one by you. I've seen people say that bookies could be run out by authorities. Now states are actually incentivized to really police illegal gambling because it's the competition. In the state of New Jersey, for for example, now it's time to go after the bookies because we're protecting our own interest.
5: You know that's a fresh take, and it's interesting. Now, boy, wouldn't that be hypocritical, right? <laughs> but but turning a blind eye, not not
7: spending resources to run bookies out of business, and it's you're in the business, their money. Exactly. Oh, now we can now, now we got to get rid of these dirty guys.
5: That would be you know to be candid that <laughs> that that would be right in line with what is expected from uh, New Jersey. <laughs> well, probably more so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tony Soprano, he's gonna have to the Stugats too. He's not gonna get that second boat. But you know, I and I think when we come back, what is really gonna surprise people is the main reason, and I think it's a shocker why these gray market bookies are gonna stay in business, and I don't think they're gonna lose very much business at all. That's coming up next, straight out of Vegas, right here on Fox Sports Radio.
7: Vegas! Back here on Straight Outta Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. RJ Bell across the way, pregame.com. It's Steve Cofield. We're getting into a crazy week that's unfolding. I'll only to get crazier in the next couple of years with the SCOTUS decision. Finally came down on sports gambling and now we're talking about all the uh, dominoes that could fall moving forward. We were just discussing bookies and what's going to happen to the illegal
5: market. And I think there's a reason that the gray market has a big advantage. And it's the difference between post-up and credit betting. And with post-up, I want to bet the Steelers. I'm going to bet 110 to win 100. Let's say back when I was a kid. Okay, I give them the 110. If I win, I get my 110 back plus my winnings. If I don't, they keep the money. If you want to bet on an app or something, you've got to have a balance. And that balance is going to be something that you post up. Credit bookies, almost without exception, the gray market bookies, are going to let you bet on credit, which is you have a set up figure, usually about 10 times what your normal bet is. So if you're a nickel better, once you win 5,000, you meet them at the bar. Or if you lose 5,000, you meet them at the bar. And people just are so inclined to not want to post up. Think about it. If you can pay, how many people pay their taxes before April 15th, right? <laughs> or if you have to do estimated tax, it's just human nature. So to me, that means the gray market bookies are going to stay competitive. But I think it also means that the other offerings of the new legal bookies better be extra competitive. So let's talk integrity fees.
7: So the major leagues are going state by state and asking these states, hey, when you put your legislation, your laws together, we want to cut. We want to help keep things on the up and up and clean with an integrity fee that you pay us.
5: The the hypocrisy. Godfather Two, remember, he goes... Senator, we live in the same hypocrisy. (laughs) Just don't think it applies to my family. But you got to give them a little bit of credit. I've never seen, since Joe Pesci in Casino, I've never seen someone make a bet, lose, and want to get paid. Now, the league's made a bet is by resisting, by going against New Jersey. They weren't just sitting back wishing, crossing their fingers. They spent millions of dollars, the leagues did, of legal fees supporting the government's position. They lost. So they kind of smile and say, yeah, nice win, and then they put out their hand. Now, (laughs) from what I can see, some of these states are going to have the political will, and that's what this is about, to say no, or at least... Say one absurd. Now people might say one percent, that's not so bad, not to get into the math, but think about this: is if the typical whole percentage is five percent, which is of all the amount bet, the gross revenue, just the gross is five percent. Now you've got to pay for all your other expenses: insurance, uh, employees, et cetera, etc. Cetera, software. if you're taking one percent off the top and you're only ho- of bets of handle of action, that means you're taking 20% of the gross revenue. For what? It's absurd. I think the leagues can get a quarter percent, 5% or so of the gross revenue. And I think the way they would ideally frame that is a data fee. Because you can debate, and, and the fantasy leagues had legal Cases against some of these leagues about is this proprietary data that you're using to play your fantasy games? To just have the leagues as a partner, I think a quarter percent might make some sense. Now, the integrity fee idea is crazy bad for the leagues. Here's why. If they say give us one percent and we'll help make sure there's what? No game corruption? Well... Let me give you a little heads up here. There will be game corruption. There is now. There will always be. Anytime money's involved, there's going to be game corruption. So if the league takes money in order to maximize integrity, then it seems like who's responsible when the first corruption scandal happens? The leagues. They're in right in the middle of it. And... You might say, "Well, R.J., why are you so pessimistic?" I mean, think about it a second. The SEC, not the Southeastern Conference, but the Securities and Exchange Commission. And if you watch Billions, you you get a good feel of, you know, obviously it's a fictionalized version of. There's a huge government apparatus trying to stop the Axelrod's axes of the world, but do they stop them entirely? Not even close. The question is, how do you minimize it? And to me, this is something some people just don't understand, but it's so true. The more legalization there is, means the more the markets are going to be regulated, the less game corruption, the less point shaving there's going to be. Why? Because the more people it's watching, the more that the markets are being watched, the greater chance to get caught, The greater chance to get caught is a deterrent from people doing this. Now, the only reasonable rebuttal to that, to disagree, is, oh, but there's going to be so much more betting. Maybe the pro rata amount of corruption goes down, but net-net the raw amount goes up. No, because the people who's not betting now that are going to start betting because it's legal aren't going to be fixing games. Imagine someone saying, you know, I would— Commit a felony to fix this game, but I don't want to bet illegally (laughs) on on my fixed game. But now that it's legal, I'm going to commit a felony because I can bet legally. It's absurd. Two other things on this. Do you expect lower
7: limits around the country to kind of control things? And two, we should explain to people, you can't walk into, right now in Vegas, you can't just walk into a sports book if they don't know you and say, you know what, I want $500,000 on a game. It's just not loosey-goosey like that. You just can't walk in and plunk down a ton of money.
5: Well, there's a famous story. Jimmy Vaccaro, a legendary Nevada bookmaker, was at the Mirage. I think it was 95. And this was the Arizona State basketball scandal. Guys walk in with a satchel, gym bag of money, and they didn't even understand what the point spread was. They said, how much can I bet? I think Jimmy said 20 dimes or something. So, you know, some number. And they said, okay, give us 20 times against Arizona State. And Jimmy moves the line at half point. They go, we want another 20. Whatever they got down, they got down. But here was the key. Jimmy said, oh, you guys are good customers. Give me your license, and I'll give you a free buffet. They're like, like, okay, sounds good. And boom, that's actually was the driver of them getting caught. So another example, if they had bet with a local bookie, in any part of the country, you think the bookie would have called up the Fed and said, <laughs> hey, you don't know me. Um, I ran a big bookmaking operation in Arizona, but I got some funny action. Just another example. So
7: let's talk uh, cutting edge, because we're starting to do this here in Nevada. In-game wagering and the ability to bet mobily. How big can this be, especially with in-game?
5: Well, I actually think that, so mobile within a year or two will be about 70%. Um, in these states, of the handle, assuming they have uh, freedom to offer mobile. Some remember some states, and think about liquor, booze. Some states are like, okay, can't can't buy liquor on Sunday, or you can only buy at a certain type of state store. So I think it's you're right. I
7: didn't even think of this. Some states are going to actually. Reduce their own business, yeah, they're by, gonna, tra- by trying they're to control s- it somehow. Hey, we want to control degenerate gamblers,
5: which I'm not sure that's a horrible. I mean, dip your toe. I'd rather you dip your toes a state than not do it at all. That's where I don't like the idea of a federal framework because the federal framework would probably be more liberal, more open, and then the states would say, "Well, wait a minute, we would do it if we could do it our way," you know, a little bit more constrained. I, yeah, to me, okay. I mean, think about it less than far less than 5% of bettors are betting more than 500 a game. Would it be so bad if they said max $500 bet? I mean, I don't want that for me or I wouldn't want that in Vegas, but if you said state XYZ that's right on the 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 border of saying we may or may not want this, hey, restrict it. But here's where the in-game is going to be huge, I think, and this is where the money is. And remember, Mark Cuban said on CNBC that Every pro sports team in a major league doubled in value on Monday. Now that's strong. And I'm not sure he's right about that. But think about it. It's the residual benefit. Even if they don't make a dollar from this directly, how much more interest in the games is there going to be? We know more. Okay. Number two, maybe they get a quarter percent or maybe in some states more. So that's direct money in the coffers. But here's the big money. Imagine... The TV networks, the leagues, and the bookies. And up in the right corner of your smart TV, how big's your TV, Steve? Actually, I actually have a 70. All right. Your 70-inch TV. Up in the corner, it says square chair 23, and it's got your balance, so like 78 bucks maybe. And now, will LeBron make these two free throws? Even money, minus 120, no. <laughs> and you can bet it. I'm yeah. telling you, that yeah. instant action is where we're headed. And that's something you can't do without the leagues. That's something you can't do without the networks. And because of that, one, if you look at Europe, which is much ahead of us when it comes to sports batting, that is a huge part of the action in Europe. That in-game, on-the-TV batting, I think that's where the big money is for the leagues.
7: So, I did a few spots on this around the country. I know you did dozens on this. I got the question constantly. Hey, how does Vegas, how does Nevada feel about what happened this week? I want to get your take on that. But first, Kevin Figures with the list. All
4: right, guys. First up, in your neck of the woods, the Western Conference Finals in the NHL goes the way of the home team. The Golden Knights with a 3-2 to victory over Winnipeg as Riley Smith had a goal and an assist. Vegas was a 500-to-1 shot to win the Stanley Cup in the season. They are now just one victory away from making it to the championship round. Also in Major League Baseball, we have the Rockies getting a 6-to-1 victory over the San Francisco Giants as Ian Desmond had a three-run home run and drove in four. The Mariners with a 5-to-4 victory over the Tigers. Seattle scoring five runs in the seventh inning as they rallied from a 4-0 deficit. Rays with an 8-to-3 victory over the Angels as Wilson Ramos had two home runs as Tampa Bay has won five games in a row. Michael Waka striking out six for the cardinals they get a 12 to 4 victory over the phillies online car shopping can be confusing not anymore with true price from true car now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car so visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience earlier in major league baseball the royals got a 5 to 2 victory over the yankees as salvador perez had a home run and three rbi kc snapping a five game losing streak there houston has won three in a row as charlie morton struck out eight and seven innings pitch he is now six and 0 in the season they get a 4 to 1 victory over the Indians, who have lost three of their last four. Wins for the Rangers, Brewers, and Marlins. Cubs with an 8 1 victory over the Reds as Addison Russell had four hits. Orioles beat the Red Sox for the first time this season, 7 to 4. The final score as Baltimore snaps a 13 game road losing streak. Back to Straight Out of Vegas.
7: All right, Kevin. Straight Out of Vegas brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back. Granger, the ones who get a done, who we're talking about. The SCOTUS decision on sports betting, now it's a state's right, a rights issue. Uh, RJ, I wanted your take, because I got this question a lot this week. Is Nevada happy about this, that there's going to be competition coming?
5: I think the owners are. And really, the owners now in Vegas, it's not like the old days with the mob. It's the stockholders. But the CEO types, the chairman of the board, they're thinking opportunity. Now, the guys who run the sports books... They're thinking, oh, oh, now I actually got to start working because I'm telling you right now, you've never seen a fatter and happier group. And I'm speaking mostly in a figurative sense, but literally in some senses is these guys are making four to six hundred thousand. I mean, based on seniority, based on how big their joints are, imagine making, let's just say a half mil. And what do you got to do? You just can't get any, into any regulation trouble. They don't really spend any money on marketing. They don't. It's just a matter of like, make sure the uh, inmates don't take over the asylum type thing. And they're making a half mil. But now the chairman's going to be like, wait a minute. Why aren't we competing in Jersey? Wait a minute. Why Now, if you look at Caesars, Caesars has as many, by most accounts that I've heard, casinos around the country as anybody so it's going to be one of those examples imagine if kfc said hey we want to start selling cinnamon rolls well they could make a little corner of their kfc's a little cinnamon stand and you could assume oh they've got the ability to you know spread across the country with a snap of the finger okay maybe but i think in the midterm imagine if a if a william hill or another turnkey operation came in and said hey we'll pay you Let us have our property on your Caesars property, you know our sports book in there, and we'll give you X amount of money guaranteed, a percentage of the win. If they can operate more efficiently, then that helps Caesars too. So I'm not sure if it's going to be Caesars with their own properties out there because, quite frankly, Caesars is a very unambitious. They don't have a ton of ambition here in Vegas as bookmakers, as sports book guys. Here's my prediction, though. In five years, there'll be companies, bookmakers you've never heard of. Maybe they don't even exist today that are bigger than any Vegas sports book. And here's why. What is the main differentiator when it comes to mobile internet success? Because we know it's all mobile in the next 10 years or almost all. It's user experience. Why does Facebook work and MySpace didn't? It was it was how much fun it was, how how friction free it was, how much value it offered. That is UX, as they say in the business, user experience. Vegas in no way, no how has any ability when it comes to user experience on mobile? I'm not just talking sports books, I'm talking about it in any way. That's not their specialty. It's not even close. Who has that experience? The Verizon's of the world. Uh, there's a, there was a report a few months ago they had spent millions of dollars just researching sports betting. How about the next venture uh, capital back company that that uh, puts in forty or fifty million just to create an app? You know how little money these sportsbooks are willing to spend. Almost every sportsbook in town in Vegas has the same app that they have a license for. I mean, the skin is different. It looks different. But it's one company in town developed it. They None of them said, hey, we should develop our own, make it better, or be a differentiator. Oh, no, I'm taking a nap. I mean, literally, that's what's going on. And to me, it's a wonderful thing because what I would love to see is new venture-backed company XYZ come into Vegas and start dominating because the more competition there is, the better it will be for the better. And at pregame.com on Straight Out of Vegas, RJ Bell, we are an advocate for the better.
7: Want to talk a little hoopage? Let's do it. We'll have uh, more on this tomorrow on the Saturday show when we start at 10 o'clock Pacific.
5: And, so- and it's worth saying real quick on Tuesday in our podcast channel, I did 90 minutes with the, a vice president just quit his job like he knew something. He's got further ambitions in this area he can't announce yet. Matt Holtz's name, and he interacted with the leagues more than any other bookmaker in Vegas when it came to integrity. So we spent 90 minutes really deep diving into this topic. His perspective, very interesting. All you got to do is go to your favorite pod player, search for R.J. Bell, and it's one feed. You get all of it for free, and also we got a Preakness pod up. Are we sure
7: Matt knows what he's doing? Oh, I'm at, I'm very oh, yeah. sure. I think I'm just going to keep doing sports talk, straight sports talk for the next 20 years. This is good enough.
5: What, what do you mean? I'm I could, kidding. <laughs>
7: the, the, I like the ambition. Like, hey, it's time to take a chance or risk. Because uh-huh. there's there's a lot coming. Oh, I
5: don't know if he knows what he's doing. Uh, I think any time an you take an entrepreneurial shot, it's, more ri- it's riskier, obviously. But the theory is you say, okay, I have a 50% chance to make five times as much, well, mathematically, it makes sense. Now, you might be eating some uh, Raymond noodles in the interim. Sure.
7: Basically, I was saying I'm a little jealous. <laughs> I, I like well,
5: you can do yeah, it, too.
7: I, I, anyone can. You're right. Uh, Saturday tilt, as the NBA is back after a couple of days off. Boy, Cavaliers, and we talked to LeBron never loses unless it's against a great team. I still don't believe the Celtics team is great, but my mindset coming in is it didn't have to be an all-time great team or a really good team. Cavs have had a lot of difficulty. Um, what's your read on the, the first couple of games? Because game one was just gross. LeBron didn't play well. No one else played well. Then LeBron goes to dad mode like you speak about all the time in game two. And outside of Kevin Love, no one else picks up any of the slack. And they lose again.
5: Here's what I need to understand. Or not even understand. I think you just got to take a few bows here. You were right here on national radio. Fox national radio. 330 stations, coast-to-coast, sea-to-shiny-sea, Series 83, and you said, i like the Celtics to come out of the East at what odds? They were (laughs) 26-to-1. Gambling? Who said anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win.
7: But you know what? It was from listening to you guys. First of all, I really like the Celtics organization. I like Ainge. I trust their players. I think they're a really deep organization, and I really like Brad Stevens. But you, you guys, in hashing out hey, who are the Raptors? And more importantly, who are the Cavs? Actually convinced me that the Celtics had a shot without knowing you were doing it.
5: Yeah, because I thought it was absurd. And I'll tell you... Well, I
7: argued with you on the Cavs at the trade deadline. You thought my Celtics pick at 26-1 to was absurd. Yeah, exactly. But but at the trade deadline, you were like, hey, the Cavs did not get better. And I fought you. But, you know, after a couple of weeks, I'm like, you know what? He's probably right here. And that's, you know, by the end of the season, I'm like, I think the Celtics... this This is kind of a hodgepodge of teams. Uh, and the Celtics at 26-1 to one were good value.
5: Listen, here's the thing. And I was on Houston Radio arguing about this at length. Who do you think has had the best series? And it's been two games. Who has had the best series so far for Boston? Some uh, people, B- Brown? is people I think Jalen Brown's been
7: amazing yeah, okay. now that he's gotten
5: healthy. Now here's the question. If Kyrie Irving had played, would his performance be over or under... Jalen Brown, as in, if you had to guess... No, he could have scored 80 points in both games. But if you would say, Jalen Brown's performance is the over-under, are you clearly and easily betting over? No. Meaning, Jalen Brown's playing as well as you would expect a number 1 player to play. Right. So my point is, we've all been doing this like old-school Rotisserie League baseball, looking at the stats, rolling the dice, thinking about it. But these guys are playing... Like, who cares about Haywood? Who cares about Kyrie? Yeah, if they were there, it'd be nice, but the way they're playing now, who's really clearly playing better? I'm not sure. Now, we can talk Boston versus Golden, uh, Golden State, Boston versus Houston. By the way, we put out on my Twitter, at RJ Vegas, a projected line. If it were Golden State and Boston, we have it at minus 1,000 plus 800 coming back. So they'd be big dogs again, right? But I just, I guess my question is forget the names on the jersey, forget who's not playing. Boston's playing very, very good. If Boston, if you had flipped the jerseys, as in Boston played like Cleveland has so far, and Cleveland played like Boston in all the series, you'd be like, Cleveland might have a chance against Golden State. They're exceeding it. It's just we have this narrative in our head, and whenever the facts go against it, it's human nature to be slow to adopt the narrative or, or, or slow to reject the narrative if the facts are against it. But, boy, there's getting to be some real facts. This is a team, obviously they had Kyrie for most of the year, but this is a team that's young, It's trending upwards. I mean, it seems like every player is playing better than they were two or three months ago. They have seven
7: contributors consistently every game. The Cavs have one who's great, Love's been pretty solid, and then the rest you have no idea. Kyle Korver, we talked about him last week. He's three for ten from three, so that factor is out. And J.R. Smith is terrible. And beyond that, you have no idea who's going to step up on this Cavaliers team.
5: I mean, would it be surprising if J.R. Smith is out of the league next year? I mean... Could you imagine being an NBA fan and trading for J.R. Smith and saying, oh my, I think we got the missing piece. And he literally is probably the third best player on the team. Yep. Well, when we come back, we're going to be, I'm going to give you personally my best bet on the Preakness. All right. And I want to play on
7: this Cleveland-Boston game as well with a six and a half point spread. That's on the way straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas, coming to you from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Steve Cofield, R.J. Bell, of a best bet on the Preakness. Lean, like, stay away. Cavs, laying six and a half. Saturday game against the Celtics. Trying to stay alive. Can't go down three-nothing.
5: True. And because of that... If it were a normal line, you would think, Oh, Boston's playing better. Maybe this line's only four or something. If that's the case, I would play Cleveland. But that built in zigzag that we talk about, where if it's a must win, you would think Boston's gonna play Max anyway. And does the uh, does the guitar amp go past ten? Well, I don't know because history tell to- I do know. History tells us these must win teams are very, very good these spots. Doesn't mean I like Cleveland, though, because I think they're overrated. So I'm passing the game. We'll talk about it Saturday. Remember, straight out of Vegas here, 10 o'clock to midnight Pacific tomorrow night. But I actually am really debating playing on Houston in Sunday's game. You got a best bet on
7: the Preakness? It can't, you can't be justified, right, at minus 250, 300. Who knows what it is You know, by the time the, the race starts.
5: Steve, if you could predict what I w- R.J. Bell was going to do, you wouldn't need
7: me. Good point. Thank God you're here. Who wants to delve into the mind of RJ Bell? This
5: scary territory. <laughs> There's been a few girls over the years, is that right? Just a but just a handful. Okay. You make me rich. Make me rich. Well, you All right, here we are in the Freakness. <laughs> make me rich. <laughs> I love it. It grows on you. All right, guys, I'm not going to go into the the depth of the handicap. I'm just going to give it to you. If you're looking for a little bit of fun action. Justify looks to be a super horse. I hate playing favorites because all the fanny packs are playing the favor. If you think about it, it's hard to be sharp. It's hard to be a wise guy if you're doing the same thing that the guy with the fanny pack and the three kids that got the ice cream on their face behind them. You know what I'm talking about, Cofield? But we're going to take a shot on... Lone Sailor. 15-1. to There's two ways you can play him. One is just play him to place. If he gets first, second, or third, you're looking pretty, you know, you're going to have a nice little payoff there. But I am going to do something a little different. I'm putting Justify in first on a trifecta. I'm putting Lone Sailor second. And I'm putting all, meaning it doesn't matter who gets third. So Justify wins. Lone Sailor gets second, I've got to try. Now it won't be a monster try, but there's a lot of big underdogs, and I actually think good magic, the second favorite, I'm I'm kind of negative on him. So if good magic isn't third, you'd get a nice little payoff. So best bet's gonna be Lone Sailor to show, but if you want to get a little more ambitious, justify slash Lone Sailor slash all on the trifecta. So before we get out of here, let's update
7: people on what's happening in hockey. This story is incredible. Expansion Vegas golden Knights win again tonight in the Western conference finals, three, two over the peg. Now leading the series three to one, one game away from the Stanley cup finals. This is an expansion team. The over under on points on this team was 68 and a half. They went over a hundred. They won their division. They're supposed to be losing all along the way here in the playoffs. They keep winning They could be in the championship in just a couple days. There are tickets out there. You could have gotten the most common big ticket is 250 to one. I was just told by some book people at another book in town because William Hill has, I think it's over 215 tickets at 150 and 200 to one. There are 500-to-1 tickets out there on the Vegas Golden Knights, 13 of them at one particular book.
5: Well, you think about it. It's a perfect storm for a monster long shot to come in because this is Vegas. This is the first time we've ever had a professional team, and you were getting 500-to-1. A lot of people got those $10 tickets in their pocket. And here's an absolute fact. The New York Times did a story about this recently is if the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup, for many books in town, not every book, it will be the biggest loss on a single event ever, ever. And for any of the books, pretty much, I think it will be one of their five biggest losses ever. So to me, when the bookies lose, the betters win, and I love the betters. Go Golden Knights. Jonas Knox is on the way. We're back tomorrow, 10 o'clock Pacific, right
7: here, straight out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.